0: Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of April 9th through April 15th, 2012. Vulnerability activity for the period was increased, primarily due to the Microsoft April security bulletins. Other vulnerability activity included security advisories and updates for Adobe Flash Player, Reader, and Acrobat, a Samba Remote Code Execution Vulnerability, an EnergyX web server vulnerability, multiple VMware product vulnerabilities, Real Networks Helix Mobile and Helix Server vulnerabilities, and multiple vulnerabilities in ImageMagick. The Microsoft April Security Bulletin release included six bulletins that addressed 11 individual vulnerabilities. Microsoft rated four of the vulnerabilities as critical and the remaining two as important. The most significant of the bulletins are likely MS-12-023 for Internet Explorer and MS-12-027 for Windows Common Controls. Full details of the Microsoft Security Bulletins are available on the Cisco Security Intelligence Operations Portal and in correlated Cisco IntelliShield alerts, Cisco IPS signatures, and an applied mitigation bulletin, all of which are listed in, in a Cisco event response. Cisco released two IntelliShield alerts for vulnerabilities in the IronPort web security appliance. Oracle will release the scheduled quarterly critical patch update on April 17, 2012. The pre-release announcement included 88 patches for multiple Oracle products. This patch update does not include updates for Java, which will be released in the next scheduled Java SE update in June. IntelliShield published 129 events last week, 69 new events, and 60 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the Trust Risk Management category. Using or selling stolen cell phones should become more difficult in the future. The two major U.S. cellular service providers without a stolen phone database, AT&T and T-Mobile, have agreed to create one. Along with Verizon and Sprint, these carriers have agreed to make the database available to the Federal Communications Commission. Future plans for the database include an international connection that could make a stolen cell phone unusable uh, worldwide. Uh, Stolen phones are often resold in Latin America, Africa, and China. A number of stolen phone databases exist in Europe, and these have significantly reduced uh, the number of cell phone thefts. Cellular systems based on the GSM standard don't send a physical phone's international module equipment identity when attaching to a particular carrier. The IMEI isn't needed because complete identification used for attaching to the network, the International Mobile Subscriber Identity, is contained in the Subscriber Identity Module. This limits the ability of the database to prevent stolen phone reuse. However, the two major U.S. cellular carriers using GSM technology, AT&T and T-Mobile, are both investigating methods of checking the IMEI when the phone connects to the network. Stolen cellular phones have been used in a scam where password recovery procedures include a text message sent to verify the validity of the password request. For owners of smartphones, there are a variety of applications and services that offer remote position locating, uh, remote wiping, and data encryption services, further limiting the usefulness of uh, stolen cell phones. Smartphone users are advised to install a protection application that includes this capability, and all cell phone users should report a theft as soon as possible. Next, in the Identity Risk Management category, A regional bank in Japan, Ogaki Kiriritsu, is rolling out cash machines that use biometric palm print scanners and pins rather than traditional cards for authentication. The systems would allow bank customers to authenticate without needing a cash card, greatly increasing accessibility, particularly after the 2011 earthquake and tsunami in northern Japan. The use of these biometric scanners may reduce the risk of theft because the card can't be stolen with a customer's wallet. Pairing biometric authentication with the use of a bank-issued card could greatly reduce the potential for fraud, as a criminal couldn't access the ATM without the customer's palm print. Biometrics also allow service accessibility to customers who've lost their cards due to accident or disaster. Improper use or failure rates of the biometric scanners could lead to customer frustration, though. But, of course, unlike issued cash cards and PIN codes, palm prints can't be easily changed or replicated. However, the biometric information stored by the bank must be handled with care. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category... The Democratic People's Republic of Korea's 100th anniversary celebrations of the birth of founder Kim Il-sung were spoiled by a failed satellite rocket launch late last week. Pyongyang's official news agency admitted that the rocket had broken up over the ocean shortly after launch, amounting to a humiliation for new leader Kim Jong-un, who may have hoped to use the launch to showcase his consolidation of power. The country continues to spend heavily on defense, despite a weak economy and continued dependence on external food aid. Meanwhile, the livelihoods of the wealthiest North Koreans are dependent on organized crime, according to experts. A recent New York Times article described 20-something Kim Jong-un as the de facto head of a mafia state. Major transnational organized crime activities include currency counterfeiting, gambling via pachinko parlors in Japan, drug trafficking, and black market trade. The situation in North Korea, which at times seems cannot possibly deteriorate further, raises questions for information security experts. Well, a growing body of evidence points to a sophisticated, military-led cyber-offense program. The North's financially motivated cybercrime capabilities are hard to measure. As global financial transactions, gambling, and trade increasingly become electronic activities, it seems probable that online crime originating from the Democratic People's Republic of Korea will increase. Indeed, as the regime clings to existence, at at least for a while longer, cybercrime may be an obvious solution for Kim, who needs to shore up power by keeping his top military leaders comfortable. Cybercrime requires minimal capital investment and provides quick payoff, particularly when compared to nuclear programs and satellite launches meanwhile the implications of de facto sovereign organized crime groups launching satellites and conducting nuclear tests is a discussion for another day this concludes the cyber risk report for this week to read the full report visit www.cisco.com/go/sio and select the cyber risk reports link tune in for next week's report from cisco security intelligence operations thanks for listening And stay safe.